It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based on the book, 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders. Hardcover, paperback, live boot camp, live presentations, and of course, the podcast of 39. You didn't think it was 39 from sports. No way. I never thought we would get to 39 at all. But, but you don't have a 39 in mind. Not even now you don't. Do I have a 39 in mind? I don't. Kenny was taking care of that. Bro. No, Kenny was Kenny not was, taking care of that. Kenny was teeing it up. There were many we famous yes no. 39s, particularly in baseball. Okay. Many famous 39s, particularly in baseball. Many. Football also, but baseball immediately comes to mind. The NBA, not as much. The I NHL, know, certainly not. Didn't like Derek Sanderson wear that in hockey? Derek Sanderson. There was a lot of those. Uh, Ken, what'd you come up with for a famous 39 for this episode that really uh, our boy Stevie put no thought into? <laughs> no thought. <laughs> Dead air. Not prepared. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a 39 unless you want to go Good. with like Dave then Parker. Let's, then let's get Dave, Dave pa- Parker. Cobra. We are family. The Cobra. Or Dominic Hasek, if the, you're a hockey fan. Dominic Hasek. Dominic Hasek. Hasek. Hasek sounded better, though. Dave Parker, the Cobra. We'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> your guest today, um, you guys apparently uh, started a friendship over a pair of shoes. So this, the, the coolest part about this show is that we get to invite people on who have great stories who do great things, have overcome great obstacles, and the point of it is to hear and listen and share. And um, my friend my friend Rob Vaca, who's here today, thank you for Rob flying Vodka. in. Just got off the plane from Atlanta. Director of Player Engagement at Signature Pro. Uh, that's with NFL players and athletes. Not Vodka, Not but Vaca. Vodka. V-A-K-A. And it sounds like, like I said earlier, you're ordering your fifth round. And you're like, let me get another vodka soda. Because the, the D disappears after the fourth one. With, without a doubt. But he happens to be a gin guy anyway. So, But the, the, the point of the story is what's so great is that um, I met Rob because a friend of mine uh, was in Atlanta uh-huh. at, I think, uh, maybe the Super Bowl. And they met. They talked. They were going to develop a business relationship. And my friend commented on Rob's shoes. Notice the shoes. And three days later, those shoes wound up being delivered to my buddy. Really? I said, this dude sent you a pair of shoes? That is really cool. That's really different. And in the age we're living in, that's how you make a difference. So I said, I got to meet this guy. I wound up going to Atlanta to see my son in the SEC championships game. I said, Rob, Mm -hmm. it would be my honor and pleasure if we could... Grab a drink together. You drink gin, I'll drink vodka. He's a gin guy. <laughs> He's a gin guy with the name of vodka. Go and, figure. And it's the only know, way to go. The world's funny that and, way. And some of the best business relationships I have, maybe all of them, started with a friendship. Uh-huh. And ours was clearly a really good time first. So, Rob, if somebody <laughs> liked your shoes and you said, hey, uh, you know what? I'm going to send them to them. That that's a uh, that's a Dick Vitale not inexpensive. That, that's a Dick Vitale old school um, thing that he always did. Walking through the airports when people would ask for something, he would get he would get take their addresses and he would send them a signed ball and whatnot. So that's, that's cool. That's an old that's page cool. of the, you got look. You got to be different 
you got to be a little old school. In the world we live in, we live in a world of of too many messages, mm-hmm. too much noise. So I'm a I'm a cut through the noise kind of guy. It, it is a it world. Was amazing. It, it worked clearly because it made an impression on my friend, made an impression on me. And we were talking at lunch just before. People think in this day and age, oh, I sent them an email. <laughs> and that's it. I'm right. done. Gestures matter. Authenticity matters. We talk about that all the time on this podcast. For this individual, uh, I would imagine they were probably more prone to meeting with, discussing with, and exploring possibilities with you, realizing that you were that kind of a soul. For sure. I, I do think, though, authenticity at its core lends to doing things for and with people without expectation Amen. of a return. Right. Amen. So when I sent him the shoes, I really... The dude really liked it. I mean, he was like overwhelmed and by Mitchell these shoes. And Mitchell could be that way. Right? He was <laughs> overwhelmed. And, and these, these were Cole Haan shoes. And, and while they were not inexpensive, they were not, you know, uh, it right wasn't off the run- lifetime. They, they were not off the runway in Milan. <laughs> right. right. So right. it wasn't, it wasn't a big, a, a really big deal. And, and I thought I could make his day and change some things up in, you know, in his moment. And I did that. It's, it's funny because that's a theme that we come upon. Every week on this podcast, and I do almost every day on my own daily radio show, and that is the idea of one's character truly being revealed by how we treat those that can do nothing for us. And I don't do things for others looking for payback and return. Instead, I just started noticing that the universe started positioning me in good places. The universe started smiling upon me favorably, and I have to believe that has to do with the positive energy that I put in when I am connecting others asking nothing in return. When I am looking out to connect someone for their own personal gain and not expecting or wanting something in return, that can't be coincidence, can it, Rob? No, it's not coincidence. And the the whole notion that as Americans and in our culture, that the first thing that happens when you meet somebody, what's the first thing that happens? You meet somebody new, right? Yeah. You shake their hand or whatever. Hey, John. Hey, Bill. Hey, Rob. Hey, Sue. What's the first thing somebody asks you? What's your name? Right. What's, what's, What's after that, though? Uh, How you doing? Yep. And that's a waste of time. What do you do? Oh, and then there's that, of course. What yeah. do, so what do you, you do? do? Yeah, what, right? yeah, what do you do? Ultimately, is that really the most important thing? Right. It's a is fatal, it, fatal miss. Is it important right. if you are an unscrupulous doctor? Uh-huh. Is it important if you're a, a <laughs> lawyer who's cheated on all three of his wives and is estranged from his children? Is mm-hmm. that, is that make you more valuable because you're a lawyer? So I just, I wish we lived in a world and I try to live it this way, that it was more about who you are and what you believe in and stand for mm. than what you do. So, you, so we did not discuss this before, but this is a clear educational moment because when I meet people, what I ask them is, what's your story? Which is what I asked. And your story, which I hope you share a little bit here, is so phenomenal in terms of you know overcoming obstacles, overcoming sickness, overcoming so much to be the person you are as a father, as a husband so just share a little bit because that is one of the best icebreakers is what's your story not what you do who gives a shit what you do who what's your story yeah so i'm a a kid from jersey right i I grew up in new jersey as a skinny scrawny really overly non-tan uh (laughs) non uh, fully sunburned fully freckled wearing glasses dude with a bad haircut right so I grew up in the 80s. You didn't get a lot of dates. I did not. I was not, no. I was not the man, right? No. So I, I grew up in the 80s and I grew up on the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. And so I go to school. I, I leave the Jersey Shore. I go to school in Ohio. 
I play college football at, at one of the greatest small college programs uh, in history. It's called Wittenberg University. Sure. In fact, yeah. this this coming weekend is the 30th anniversary from our Ohio Athletic Conference championship team. I'm going back to Ohio to be with my brothers. Very nice. And I haven't seen some of these guys in, in 30 years, Literally. so I'm really excited about that. As a 50-year-old dude, It's it's been too long. Yeah. But I go to Ohio. I make great relationships. I play football four years. We win some championships. I get I get really good grades. I get a degree in economics, and I go out into the real world. And by uh, by 1998, I moved to Atlanta from New Jersey, and it's awesome. Life is awesome. I have a terrific job. I'm making a bunch of money. I'm single. I'm a pescatarian, which means I don't eat meat, but I but I eat fish. Right. I'm in the greatest shape of my life. I work out six days a week. I'm ripped. I'm jacked. All of a sudden, I lose my voice. Mm-hmm. I'm in a meeting. I lose my voice. So I go to the doctor. The doctor says, you need to go to uh, an ear, nose, throat specialist. The ENT checks me out. ENT says, you have a sinus infection. We're going to give you antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Well, three weeks later, I still have no voice. Go to the new ENT. Now I go to the best ENT in town because I, I, apparently I wasn't at the best ENT. So <laughs> now I go to the best ENT. And the best ENT says, you need a different prescription of antibiotics. So after five months of rigmarole, we find out that I have cancer. Uh-huh. And I have a grapefruit-sized mass in my chest. And it's 11 centimeters, which is, I don't know, four and a half inches long. Right. Yep. It's the size of a small grapefruit. And the doctor comes, calls me, literally. I move in. I buy my, my first house in Atlanta. It's brand new. I get a shipment of furniture. It's Friday afternoon. It's July 14th. I'll never forget it. The phone rings. The doctor says, I got bad news. And, you, and that's something you And that's never what the doctor hear. says. You never want to hear that. So he says, you have a mass in your chest, and I think it's cancer. And I was like, right, you got to be kidding me. I was like, doc, that must be one of those, what do they call it, a fatty tumor? They call it benign, malignant. I didn't even know. Uh-huh. Is it malignant? Is it benign? I didn't know what it was. So long story short, I'm diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. They tell me I have a 50-50 shot at making it. Yep. I start asking questions like, well, I heard you should bank sperm. And the doctor says, if I were you, man, I would just get on it and worry about making it through. I wouldn't worry about banking. I think you've got a serious situation on your hands. Uh-huh. So long story short, by the grace of God, I go through this, this process and I go through treatment and all those kinds of things. And you know what? I am, it's part of who I am. It is. It's one of those seminal experiences in life that contributes to the ingredients of what your cake looks like, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Perspective. My sister, an ovarian uterine cancer survivor, also bladder cancer survivor, because she doesn't get enough on her plate, uh, counts wow. it as the single greatest experience of her life that she is eternally grateful for. First, she found Christ in this and is devoted in her faith as a result. But second of all, perspective. She doesn't have bad days. Some are just better than others. She appreciates a sunset now she never noticed before. And sometimes in life and in business, we need that. There are songs that play on the radio every day. There's one uh, that uh, I just heard Thomas Rhett on, yes, last night talking about when everything's going great and you got your plans made. God goes, oh, yeah, watch this. You're Boom. at home on a Friday, this house, July the 14th. Furniture just arrived. You're jacked. You're single. You got the world on a string, as Mr. Sinatra would sing. And the phone call comes, and your voice still isn't all there. And they say you got cancer. And all of a sudden, none of that stuff really matters. So, so it's interesting when you fast Time forward. Well, right. So you fast forward. He goes through this life-altering event. I only met him, you know, many, many, many years later. Mm-hmm. 
but I knew there was something special about him. Mm-hmm. Forget about selling, partnering, doing business. When we met, and tell me if I'm making up a story here, there's just something about people that if you look and feel it, like I knew this guy was different. Fighters and survivors and those that see life more clearly in a big, broad sense, they give off a different aura. Without they give a off doubt. a different Without energy. A and, I, and I don't know if the cancer had never arrived, if you maybe would have not sent that man those shoes. That might have been part of what made you do what you do, that's who you are now. That's an interesting. Do you yeah, ever look, wonder? You, do you ever wonder if you would have turned out as well as you did? Had I you do. Not had, you do. I do wonder. I do wonder because the same way you talk about your sister, can't I? I grew up a, a Catholic kid, right? Mm-hmm. So I grew up in the Catholic Church, and this is a zero. There is no indictment against the Catholic Church and the mm-hmm. Catholic faith. I'm a Christian. Okay, so at the end of the day, I love Christ. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Uh, I am a, a child of God, first and foremost, before I'm anything. And that experience definitely drew me closer to my maker. Because as your sister did, I can literally, I said on a different podcast that I was a guest on, I could smell the flowers across the street. Mm. I could see the colors in the sunshine. Yeah, I could, I could see uh, greatness in people, as opposed to going through the motions of life and letting a traffic jam really perturb me, right. or letting something somebody said to me set me off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that experience definitely caused a control-alt-delete and a reset for me, and I don't know if I'm who I am today, whoever that is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm who I am without the cancer. Nor does that matter, actually. It doesn't matter. Because you are who it you doesn't. are, yep. and the way you show up genuinely, and the things that we've worked on together, all have a philanthropy associated with it right they are all around hanging out with good people mm-hmm. he's doing some things with athletes that nobody's doing people have tried about to do it people have talked about it he is legitimately helping athletes live better lives and so everything i've done with him has had that that those it checks all the boxes and i'm not surprised that's why i love when he calls i love when he comes in town because good things happen when you put good people together. Listen, the three of us have gotten good at reading energies and auras. And we know the vibes that we get off of people. People are either going to bring you energy and help charge you, or they're going to sap you of yours. And back to the earlier conversation, Rob quizzed me and said, what's the first thing people ask you? And I say, uh, you're, what's your name? And he goes, all right, after that. And then I said, how you doing? And you know, that's lazy talk. Right. That's why you avoid it, because it's just a crutch. And the third thing, what I think Rob wanted me to get to immediately, was, so, so what do you do? That's part out of laziness, and that's part out of exactly what we were talking about. And that is the desire of them in their mind to put you in either you're useful to me or moving on to the next person at the party. It's really true. So what do you do for a living? If you go, oh, I'm a school teacher, great to meet you. On to the next one, on to the (laughs) next one, Jay-Z sang, double your money and watch a stack, right? Because that's what people do. Are you useful? The universe is never going to be good to those who only view people who can do for them. Hence, your character being revealed by how you treat those that can do nothing for It's easy for me to be nice to the hot girl with the big boobs on the plane. Is it as easy for me for the older man who maybe is not as pleasant a seatmate who may have had a much tougher life? That's how you know your character. And that goes back to exactly what you were talking about. And it all came full circle, and it only took 15 minutes. Which, which is awesome, I mean, because he does show up that way. We sat down. We hadn't seen each other in a little bit of time. Uh, remember I told you about uh, the event I went to with uh, Ray Lewis? Yes. Um, 
Rob is on the board there with Jonathan Brinkus. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the better charity events I've ever been to. Um, your office was great. A lot of the Atlanta Falcons were there, people that he does business with. But he was also the MC of the night. Really? Which, which was unbelievable. Like, he was so genuinely in the event and so genuinely connected That's to, authentic. to Ray yeah. that, that it was like, I knew I was at something special. And this is, you know, years after us doing business together and we, we've had wins, we've had losses just like everybody else. But we, our friendship has lasted much longer than the transactional stuff mm-hmm. that we do, which is what I think is, determines the quality of your life is the people you know, the people you can call on. What, you know, if he ever called me ever and said, I need you to do this, it wouldn't even be a question. Right. I would just stop whatever I'm doing. Because there is a symbiotic nature to your partnership. There is a symbiotic nature to your association. And from a guy that MCs 40-plus events a year, I got got to tell you that very rarely do the individuals behind it uh, get on the stage and take the mic and run the show. Sometimes they want to say a few things, or they want to thank everyone and whatnot. But good on you, Rob, to handle it yourself. So so there's two things I want you to bring up, if you would. We worked on a project called G2G, or Getaway to Give, you actually did a lot of the auctions. So if you can give a little bit of the background about what that is and what, what your involvement was and then how that spun into what you're doing for athletes, which is absolutely relevant, absolutely real. And um, you're like, I love watching your social media because it looks like you're having fun. So what is that? <laughs> what, what is it that you so, do? So uh, two different questions, right? So what do I do and, and what is Getaway to Give? So right. Getaway to Give is a company that I, I started with another guy, uh, by the name of Adam Capes, about uh, six and a half years ago. And Getaway to Give is a luxury travel and vacation company that gives away about half its revenue to charities. Wow. And so it does that through through two different basic functions. One, it's a membership club so that when people participate in the membership club and travel, they get great experiences, they save money, and they help a charity. Mm. The second way is that charity events are – uh, often pretty regular and sometimes mundane. And there, you know, you go to a rubber chicken dinner, it's a sit down, there's an auction, there's an auctioneer that talks really fast, is obnoxious. Most people can't relate to that auctioneer. Not anymore. And the auctioneer is trying to raise a bunch of money, right? So G to G supply, G to G, getaway to give supplies, unique vacations and trips to live auctions. And so, what I started doing was I started volunteering to be the auctioneer because I knew so much about the actual trip and I cared about it. Right. And then, you know, as a cancer survivor and somebody who's got kids and a wife and just one wife for all 16 years, I care about a bunch of other causes. So I started volunteering for causes. I started volunteering as an auctioneer. Then I started volunteering as an MC. And next thing you know, I'm out in front in the mic like being that auctioneer, but doing it totally different, right? Mm. I'm not that fast-talking guy. No. I'm getting people engaged. And so we raised a lot of money. But during the way, a lot of those events were NFL player events. NFL players from, you know, Larry Fitzgerald to Sean Weatherspoon to Sam Acho. Mm-hmm. And I would come and, and help auction the trips or be the auctioneer or be the MC. And I got really interested in that. And ultimately, what I found out through my experiences there, and I, I sold my interest in the company about 18 months ago to my business partner. But what I found out along the way is that NFL players and athletes are misunderstood. They are um, all in on their craft. And as a result, out of balance in a lot of other areas in their lives, that 
you know, the Larry Fitzgeralds and Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's and Von Miller's of the world, there's very few of those yep. who are prepared to go beyond sport. And most of the men and women who are professional athletes really, really struggle with a massive identity crisis when they leave the sport. For sure. They struggle with a lack of a business network. They don't know who to trust. Mm -hmm. And they struggle with lack of purpose and what do I do next. Mm -hmm. And I'm really passionate about those things. So that's what I pour into. At 50, I've gone through a lot of different iterations and trials, tribulations. I've overcome cancer and those sorts of things. I've started companies. I've done really well. I've done poorly. I've... I've been great, I've been poor, I've succeeded, I've failed. Mm. And all of those I call the uh, the path to situational fluency. So I'm trying to help athletes in those kinds of areas. The path and, to situational fluency. Pause on that for a second, for the yeah. layman's term. The path to situational fluency. Yes. That is? So situational fluency is getting into, I call it getting into rooms, it could be getting into opportunities. It could be getting into relationships. It could be getting into scenarios. It's going through these different scenarios, opportunities, relationships, points along your journey, failing, correcting, succeeding, getting better, failing again, making adjustments and corrections. And ultimately, you get to be situationally fluent. You may be situationally fluent as a dad. You may be situationally fluent as a husband. You may be situationally fluent as a business owner or an athlete, but I think situational fluency is something that people don't talk about, don't understand, and I think it's critical, and failure is a big part of it. Of course I, it is. I've never heard that term that way, but it really does make sense because they're, from a football standpoint, they've had role models that came before them. They looked at the greats and said, okay, I can do that and I can do it better. Mm -hmm. But the other parts of life, especially when it comes to, you know, living in a business environment, they've just never been told. They've never been there. Everything's been done for them to, to a certain point. So some of it is just taking the time to say, here's how you do it and take some of their skill set and their ability to practice and, you know, understand stuff. And, you know, so I, I've watched the work you've done. I've seen it. I've seen the results of it and it's very real. You can see, uh, you know, a start and a middle and a, and an end game when, you know, and, and Larry Fitzgerald is probably the best example, I think, of, of a guy who lives in the business community equally as comfortably as he does in, you know, uh, on the football field. Mm -hmm. He's awesome. Yeah. It is. A, it's a fascinating time of connectivity. But Rob said it at the very beginning. We live in an era of too many messages, whether it is direct messages or Instagram, or the email, or the constant contact, or the phone calls that generate from numbers that seem like familiar, but they're not. There are too many messages from too many messengers, and in that, I can see how folks can get lost, particularly those who are accustomed since probably junior high of being courted, treated special. In high school, the football star, college, pro, gets in the club, he doesn't wait in line, everyone wants you at their charity golf event, what have you, and then... When the game is over, who are you? What do you do now? And how will you know who wants symbiotic right? purpose you with you as opposed to just use you for your name or your, hey, remember him when he was with the Chargers? And that's where you come in. I do. And getting comfortable with your identity is the first thing that has to happen because if you think about it, you've been playing football or basketball or baseball since you were young. Mm -hmm. Now you're not. 
So you've got to figure out a way to unwind an identity that's been based around a sport that you're no longer playing. It's no different for for military people, if you think about it. People that come back from uh, fighting a war or in wartime or they're based overseas. That's how they were defined. That's how, that's, right. So they come back and they struggle with getting back into society and getting a job a lot of times because they are who and what they did. And I think... We're in a time in society that it's a very dangerous time because people are labeled by their achievements right. and their results and their likes and their Instagram followers and all this other kind of stuff. And the reality is that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. That might be what you do or the results you get. And I think people have confused what you do, the results you get, and who you are, and they're two very different things. Well, what's the real interesting takeaway is it's the same uh, conversation with entrepreneurs. When you say entrepreneurs are all in, that doesn't mean that they're really good at all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's an out of balance uh, that I see a lot with entrepreneurs, with a lot with salespeople who are so focused on being good at this, and they may be very good at that, right. but then the other parts of their life are, are lacking. But, you know, but some Rob, entrepreneurs have no no family life at all. I mean, that's Rob spoke on a theme that I often speak of on the air and have always talked of. Um, since it's been quantifiable, the quantifiable uh, coolness factor. Before kids went to school in the seventh grade, she's popular, she's kind of popular, there's no way to know. Well, now on Instagram, this girl, Kelly's got 5,000 followers. She's cool. But Michelle's got 212 followers. She only gets 12 likes for the 6,000 likes the other girl gets, and there's a quantifiable. And now we start to look at people for who's verified. With entrepreneurs and those with a message, and I hear what you're saying, Rob, because is this person's opinion, is their philosophy less valuable because they have fewer followers on Instagram or they don't have a blue check mark? Sometimes it's the exact opposite. It should be. It's the person who does not have all of the fake followers and all the other bullshit. But it's the one who has a real message. But people are making decisions and in their mind qualifying people based on the quantification of their ratios and followers and likes and comments. Yeah, look, um, Ray Lewis, who Steve identified as my one of one of my partners in a charity that we started about eighteen months ago. That was the event I went called to. Ray of Hope right. Foundation, mm-hmm. and you can find it at rayofhopefoundation.org. And and we're kind and of Ray's promised me he's going to be on the show. So. Perfect. So we'll, we'll we'll make that happen. Good. We're helping kids, people in need people who are struggling with disease, illness, loss of something in their life, and we're trying to bring them a ray of hope and bring positivity using celebrities, athletes, actors, actresses, dignitaries, philanthropists, business people, to do a short 30-second video and send it to the person in need that's really personalized. The point is, mm-hmm. with John Brankus of Sports Science and, and uh, Soul and Science with Trent Dill for now, and Ray and I, we're trying to bring the simplicity of love and hope back because we live if, if you watched ray lewis's hall of fame speech mm-hmm. the biggest thing that stuck out to me he's a great orator by the way oh yeah and Ooh. he's a great motivator but the biggest thing that stuck out is he said we just need more love and you know what that couldn't be more true if you think about it you yep. just talked about an entrepreneur neglecting her family or a football player you know putting going all in on football and he he um he neglects his family. Or you, we were talking earlier about football coaches, yeah. and they don't see their family during football season. No. Look, I have respect for that stuff in a way, but in another way, it's a big mistake 
you know, there's a Bible verse, really famous one that talks about love and says, if you have riches and you have fame and you have all this stuff, but you do not have love, you are nothing. And I think at the end of the day, the way we get this sort of country turned back around and we come back together is individually we take on the responsibility and we're accountable that we got to bring more love to the table. You know, it's Amen. interesting. I live that uh, with uh, Junior Seau, God rest his soul. I was very friendly with Junior. And when football went away, he had nothing left. Correct. You know, and that's what the problem was. He couldn't replace. He was the most unbelievable, genuine, charitable, philanthropic guy I have ever met. And then when football was away, he had no routine, no, mm-hmm. that was his the regiment. His regiment. And, and I think that's where you're benefiting these athletes the most. I am. Is I that am. there's that transition that how you, you prepare for it. It's coming. That end of the tunnel is coming. Dwayne Wade was on, you know, uh, his, his speech about coming back. A 10 minute confessional video that was mm-hmm. as much therapeutic as for it him. was announcement. That's exactly right. It was therapy, confessional. There was an air for the dramatic, but really it was as if he was Tony Soprano talking to Dr. Melfi. Dude, that was so right. It, it was. was so right because you know what? He said 16 years goes by like that. Yeah. People said when you get in the league, watch out. It's going to go like that. Just like that. And just like that. Well, he's, like, he's, uh, and, and, uh, Ironically, right? He's talking about it going by just like that. Mm-hmm. He is blessed beyond uh, blessings because the average NFL career is 3.3 seasons. Correct. And the reality is these guys are 27 years old and they're told, you're done, man. Yeah. And by the way, we probably paid you more than you're ever going to get paid again. So right. go figure that out. And I think the challenge is society focuses on money. And it's not just about money. No. First, of, first of all, which I teach people salespeople all the time. That you know. it's it's in my opinion, it's the the confluence of time, relationships, and money, and that's the whole theory and thesis of the mm. company that that I help represent called Signature FD, which is a wealth management firm. But the reality is, we're not going to athletes saying, "Hey, we just want to manage your money." No. We're not saying that because there's plenty of people to do that. That, that do it and that's all they care about. That's all they care and about. Some and then good they, and some not so and, good. And some good and not so good. So we're really supremely po- focused on how can we help you with your time, your relationships, and your money to make the biggest impact on your life and the lives of people Amen. around you. Amen. And as we wrap, once again, another case of the universe. And it's every week, it seems, the guest is involved in things I'm involved that you and I just recently, I spent the better part of the last three weeks getting videos from favorite athletes and country music performers of a young 11-year-old boy who was dying from cancer. Treatment had ceased. I was working diligently to get these videos from Darius Rucker, Florida Georgia Line, Brantley Gilbert, um, from Joe Thomas and uh, Geronimo Allison, the Green Bay Packers, and Tom Crabtree and company. And the little boy passed last Monday morning at 2 a.m. All those videos got to him. You talk about the ray of hope, right, in the videos and whatnot. This is what we're talking about. There's nothing. This is just working to try and make the day. Like Jim Kelly always said, do something today that makes tomorrow better for someone fighting just for tomorrow. And it comes together just like that. we got to wrap because we are late on this. Yeah. Uh, the organization, but I told you he's a beauty. <laughs> got to come back again. Uh, Rob Vaca, uh, Director of Player Engagement, Signature Pro. The, the, the information, again, it was ray of hope. It's rayofhopefoundation.org. Foundation.org is perfect. Your uh, July 14th. July 14th. Was that the year 2000? 
That was the year 1999. So I'm coming up on my 20 year it was anniversary of survivorship. Yes, 1999. It's all fire. I just had a, a vibe. Yeah. Call me crazy. Did you just randomly say 2000? I, I just had a vibe. Because he did not say no, how he didn't say that. Yeah, that was tight. That was, that was impressive. Uh, listen, this, we got to do this again. Yeah. It, fascinating. So here's the best part is that I'll connect you guys offline. You guys do good work for, for kids and for people. Keep doing it. You know, so. I, last week I got contacted about WBC Cares, which is for former fighters in the situations that they are with managing what they have, who they Ooh, are, what they are. The worst. This, this is the, I was on the converse, I was on the phone for 40 minutes. I don't talk on the phone 40 minutes a year. <laughs> I don't care how hot, I don't care how hot she is. I don't talk on the phone to anybody 40 right. minutes. And this conversation I had 40 minutes and now he's talking about the same world, but this was the WBC. And the former fighters. We're building a tribe, baby. Amen, baby. It was a pleasure. Rob Vaca, thank you so much. Steve, every week you tell them something good. So tell us something good as we wrap this episode 39, the Dave Parker edition. Um, I don't know that it gets better than what we just heard. My, my commitment, my promise to people is that this is the best 30 minutes in sales and marketing and motivation. And I am truly blessed to have you as a friend. So that's something really good. Amen. Uh, we appreciate Rob once again spending time. And Steve, let's do it again for number 40. 40. The 40-40 Club. 40-40. We'll, we'll do that next time, Rob. For Steve Nittleberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast.